Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Spencer Tuma, Director of National Legislative Programs here at the Farm Bureau Home Office. Today, we're really excited to have a very special guest on the podcast. We're pleased to welcome Paxton Dahmer, who's serving as a National FFA Officer this year from the state of Missouri. Paxton, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me, Spencer. Uh, As Spencer mentioned, I'm Paxton Dahmer. I'm the Central Region Vice President for the National FFA Organization. Um, I'm from Nevada, Missouri, uh, currently a junior, or well, I was a junior at the University of Missouri uh, studying ag education, leadership, and communications. Uh, I'll resume my full-time student status in the spring of 2022, but for now, I'm currently in Indianapolis serving as National FFA Officer, uh, interacting with members in various ways, shapes, and form every day. Great. Well, Paxton, we're really excited to have you um, as a guest on the podcast. I know, as you mentioned, it's been quite a busy year already uh, in your time as Central Region Vice President. Um, And an interesting note for our viewers, I think most people probably don't know that you and I are actually from the same part of the state. We both grew up in Vernon County, so... Something about that Southwest Missouri, right? There. <laughs> something about it. Yeah, it must. I don't know what's in the water, but it must be doing something right, huh? We, we, we grow great ag leaders in Vernon County. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be joined by a fellow Vernon County and on the podcast. You know, so tell us a little bit about just kind of your background growing up near Nevada and, and your role in FFA. And also, I know you've been really involved with your local county fairs and, and all that things in the state fair. So kind of tell us about your journey uh, to where you are now. Yeah, so um, I grew up uh, in Nevada, Missouri, or south of Nevada, I guess I should say, um, on a diversified livestock operation. So we had a small herd of commercial cattle. Um, but in addition to that, and the main thing that we did growing up was showing livestock, as you mentioned. So um, we showed cattle at the start. Uh, eventually, the cattle barn burnt down, and we never really got back into showing cattle after that. Um, but uh, really heavily focused in showing hogs and sheep and even the occasional goat uh, growing up. But that was what we did as a family. Uh, Pretty much every weekend, uh, if we were together as a family, you could bet your bottom dollar we had the trailer uh, hooked up to the truck and we were headed to a show somewhere across the country. And so um, that's really where I figured out that I really love agriculture and kind of where my role was in ag. Um, The connections that I made through that were absolutely tremendous. Uh, To this day, even out here, there are people that I know because of my experience showing livestock. So um, kind of an irreplaceable experience. But I think, um, you know, what it taught me the most was just kind of the value of a handshake in in a man's word and and hard work and putting in a day's uh, worth of hard work. And and that means a lot to me uh, based upon where I grew up and how I grew up. And so I'm very thankful for that. Um, But as you mentioned, I was really active in the show circuit on the local, state, and national level. Um, So we grew up traveling all the time, all year round, and and had a blast doing that. Um, Transitioned really well into FFA because I had those experiences through 4-H and other youth organizations from showing. And so um, got active and and never really looked back. Uh, I'll be honest, though, I never thought I'd be in this position. Uh, I set a goal as a freshman, actually, to try and run for state office. And then as things went on, um, different opportunities opened up. And and now look at where I'm at. And so it worked pretty well. But uh, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me, how I grew up and, and what my background is. So I know you served as um, a state officer as well as officer in your chapter at their Nevada High School. Um, tell us a little bit about the difference between serving as a state FFA officer, I know you're state president, versus your role now with National FFA. Yeah, so 
Um, so at the state level, there's just over 25,000 members in Missouri. And so as a state officer, you have the opportunity, uh, you're assigned to an area for one. And so you do chapter visits in that area, but you have the opportunity to serve those members in various ways. So, um, you know, that might look like participating in Drive to Feed Kids at State Fair. It might be a chapter visit. It could be a green hand conference, whatever that might look like. Throughout the year you spend, uh, I want to say we spent like 150 days uh, doing different FFA events throughout that year. Um, as a national officer, there's 760,113 members that you have the, the duty. Not of that you've been keeping track, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not that we keep track around here, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot larger for that, uh, from that matter in that perspective. But um, with this, it's a full-time job. So I took a year off college uh, and just relocated to Indianapolis uh, almost two months ago. And mm -hmm. so we live out here and we work at the office every day, all day. So for instance, with this week, with National FFA Week, it's chapter engagement all day, every day. Um, right. We're working with like 30 different state associations, doing over 100 workshops this week um, and having a blast doing it. So it looks a lot different than state office. And then with this, um, typically, and I don't want to jinx anything when I say this, mm -hmm. typically there's a lot of travel involved for state conventions and conferences over the summer uh, in the spring. And so... I have my fingers crossed that we'll get to get on the road in April and kind of resume what would look like a normal national officer year. Um, we'll see how that works out. We know how the last year has gone, um, right. but typically you would travel to 10 or so state conventions uh, for each officer and represent the national level on those. Um, we have some conferences in DC and whatnot throughout the summer for state officers. And then at some point, again, fingers crossed, we'll head to Japan and experience international agriculture in that way and work with the future farmers of Japan. Oh, wow. That sounds like a really awesome opportunity. I, I know all of us are ready to get back to normal. So I hope that you all really do get that opportunity. That That's very unique. I, I'm almost jealous. That that sounds awesome. I w did want to ask, I'm glad you brought it up. It, it is FFA week, which is very timely that we're recording this. Um, but you mentioned some of the changes that the pandemic has brought to your duties as a national officer. And I would venture to guess that some of those duties have probably expanded because you may be reaching out to chapters outside your region. And some of them, like you mentioned with travel, have been impacted quite heavily. But I know that the interview process in particular was really heavily impacted by COVID-19. And if anybody's friends with you on Facebook, I'm sure they've seen the video of you getting told that you're, um, <laughs> you were chosen to be a national officer. But tell us a little bit about that experience overall and, and the ability to share that with your friends and family. Yeah, so, I mean, as you mentioned, everything looks different right now. And, and they did a really nice job emulating the normal process in a virtual world. Um, and so typically, you know, that process takes place over a little over a week. And it did the same thing this year with that. And so um, I did them from Columbia in my apartment. And so we went through a nine-day interview process. There were rounds uh, focused on policy, rounds focused on, uh, you know, interview skills. Some of them, like there was a video activity uh, focused on debunking stereotypes in FFA. It just kind of mm -hmm. focuses on every different duty that you might have as an officer, so to speak. And right. so uh, we went through a nine-day process, and then there was a four-day lag phase this year uh, for the actual convention to take place. So we were, by the time national convention kicked off, we were completely done with the interview process. Oh, okay. Is, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that is not normal. Um, looking back, I realized why they did that with the travel involved with the nominating committee. But um, so we were done and we basically just got to participate in convention and uh, try not to puke all day, <laughs> to be completely <laughs> honest, uh, for those four days. And so um, I took the week before that off of classes to do the interview process. So I went to class and tried to resume somewhat of a normal life. But then on Thursday during that final session, um, when they announced the officers, everything was live fed through Zoom into the virtual convention. And then uh, 
you know, it was pretty special to get to experience that with a lot of the people that helped to get me there. Uh, I had my parents there. My brother was there. My sister had uh, basketball practice at college, so she wasn't able to be there. But we also, um, you know, I had state officer teammates there. I had friends and family there. It was a pretty unique experience. And then um, they pulled off the surprise of a lifetime. Uh, I'll never forget after they announced it, like obviously my excitement and adrenaline was there and I wasn't really paying much attention to the world around me, but I looked around and Linda Dietschold, uh, Mr. D's wife, was at the door with the jacket box and they had uh, flown the nominating committee from, so they were in Indianapolis for the interview process. Then they went to Ohio to pick up the jackets and flew on the CEO of RFD's private jet to Texas and then they dispersed from Texas and they surprised us all at our houses with our jackets mm -hmm. uh, to have that process life fed again through Zoom. And so uh, it was a pr pretty tremendous opportunity, uh, one that I'll certainly never forget. And I'm very thankful that they took, uh, you know, the effort, they put the effort into it that they did to make that happen because it's something that I don't think I'll ever forget in my lifetime. Yeah. Well, if people haven't seen the video, I would encourage our listeners <laughs> to, to listeners to try to get get a glimpse of it because it was even I was I was so excited when I saw it. I I can't imagine how you and the people who were there felt. Um, but I wanted to talk just kind of briefly about I guess what does a day in the life of a national FSA FFA officer look like? So um, right now it's with it not being travel, um, you know, we live in apartments together. And so there's two apartments, one for the guys, one for the girls, and we come to the office every day. And so uh, when we get here, uh, we log on to Zooms and we're doing workshops, we're doing speeches, we're doing words of encouragement, uh, and just kind of anything we can this week. Um, and then we had what we called experience week where we had uh, staffers on with us and they were giving us feedback. So we did that again two weeks ago. But like last week, they did a virtual DC experience. So typically we would have traveled to the Hill and had the opportunity to work with um, elected officials. This year, we didn't travel to the Hill, but we still had uh, just as many meetings. And so uh, we worked with several congressmen and women and um, senators to talk about uh, some resolutions that are being brought up for National FFA Week and, and a caucus that's being formed. And so uh, we had the opportunity to talk about our federal priorities too, which I think align really well, um, partially with what Farm Bureau has. Um, we're focusing on rural broadband expansion mm -hmm. and then um, teacher recruitment and retention as well. And so it was nice to have that experience uh, next week, we actually kick off with our first state convention. So I am assigned to Hawaii state convention, which will be virtual. Um, what a shame you don't get to travel, man. Oh, I, know. <laughs> I zoomed to their state officers the other day and it was like, I want to say it was 15 degrees here. It was snowing and they all had their windows open and it was 75 there and sunny. So I am a little bit jealous of their weather uh, because yeah. I'm convinced that this is the coldest part of the world I've ever been to. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll be working with Hawaii next week and enroll through state conventions and some sponsor visits and uh, hopefully potentially get on the road in April and get to come back to Missouri some. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I, I sure it certainly gives you a lot of opportunities. You mentioned some of the programs that National FFA is working on and some of the initiatives. What are the ones that are most near and dear to your heart or, or what are those that you're most passionate about and how is National FFA moving those forward? You know, there's one that I think uh, is really important, uh, and that is the National Chapter Award Program. So, uh, you know, we always say that the heart of FFA is at the chapter level, and I think that that's true for about anybody that's ever been an FFA member. Uh, you know, that's where their foundation experiences or foundational experiences start. Uh, you know, for me, that's what got me excited about FFA. My ag teachers, my friends that got to go through it with me, like that's where I fell in love with the organization. And so um, FFA does a really nice job of rewarding chapters for their hard work. And so 
Um, you know, one of my favorite things, and we never did well with it in Nevada, I'll be completely honest, but was the National Chapter Award Program because you got to kind of reflect on what your year looked like and, and develop a plan for the next year to improve. And I know Missouri has a very uh, awesome track record with that, especially Marshall. I think they yeah. won that like three times. And so, um, you know, that's probably my favorite program because it focuses on local success and rewarding everyday FFA members that are putting in hard work and dedication to try and um, improve their chapter and, and have a good presence in their community. Uh, but I think also like right now, especially with tomorrow being Give FFA Day, that's a big platform that we're pushing right now, um, trying to find ways to continue to expand our programs and reward more FFA members. Um, that's one thing. Virtual convention obviously looked a lot different, but if there's one thing that it focused on, uh, it was kind of back to the basics and rewarding FFA members for their hard work. And so, um, you know, there's a convention recap video somewhere where it's just like four minutes of constant Zoom reactions of people founding out they won proficiencies and, mm -hmm. and Star Farmer and all of those types of things. And it just, it warms your heart to watch that. And so it's nice to know that we're working to expand those programs every day and try and reward more members for what they're doing. Yeah, I think that's so, so important. And you're exactly right. You know, Missouri has a great track record with that particular award. So hopefully we'll be able to get more chapters involved in that as well. I know it's a really good opportunity. Um, I guess I kind of have my, I have my final question. Then I have some like FFA themed rapid fire questions for you. So I won't okay. give you a preview, but just, just hold on to your hat. I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, <laughs> Paxton, I guess my final question is, what are you, you know, looking into the future, kind of what are your future plans and goals? And then the follow-up to that is, you know, if you were to look back now, if you could send yourself a letter when you were a freshman in high school, what advice would you give yourself about the FFA experience or, or just, I guess, life in general? Oh, man, that's a tough one there. Um, what was the first question? I'm sorry. I just totally no, lost track. That's okay. I kind of <laughs> gave two at once. So the first one is what are your future plans kind oh, of yeah. after national FFA? And, and I know that your term will kind of end with the next national convention, but, but kind of what's next, what are your future plans and goals? Yeah. So I will resume school full-time in spring of 2022. I think I have two or three semesters left. Dr. Tummins, if you're listening, uh, you probably know better than I do on that, but um, I'll graduate and hopefully roll into a master's and uh, get a master's in ag ed. From there, I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure what my future holds. Yeah. Uh, part of me is really dedicated to returning to the classroom and teaching for uh, at least a few years and then potentially possibly uh, working towards a PhD. And, and I like the thought of going into teacher education from there uh, at a university level. The other part of me also really likes working with policy. So I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, last week with the DC week, it made me really realize like, hey, I, I enjoy this work. I like the opportunity to, mm -hmm. you know, take the messages from the farm to the hill. And so, uh, you know, we had the opportunity to or to interact with a lot of past national officers that are doing just that. And so part of me loves that work. So TBD, maybe I'll flip a coin at the end of my college career and figure out what to do. I'm not 100% sure um, yeah. what that will look like. And, and if I could share something with Paxton as a freshman, I think it's to stop closing doors in my mind before they actually close. Um, you know, I used to think of national officers as people that like never failed. They had a seamless FFA experience and won all their speech contests and whatnot. And like as a freshman in the Creed contest, I was second to last. Uh, I, I think I forgot a whole paragraph. Uh, it was a rough time and I never won a speech contest. I never made it to state in a speech contest. Uh, and I always thought that would hold me back because when I set a goal, I try and like set some things that I need to check off along the way. And I felt like every time I didn't reach one of those goals, it closed that end goal for me. And so a lot of times I would shut doors in my own mind before they actually closed. And so, um, you know, I think 
if I could send that letter back to myself as a freshman, that'd probably be the biggest thing. And the second thing, like, and I think this goes for every FFA member and I'll be completely honest here, dry clean that jacket more often. Uh, <laughs> you know, those things get gross and, and I was pretty good about doing that, but I think I could always dry clean that thing just a little more often. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, and I think your advice about not closing doors in your mind, you know, that that's really good advice. And I, I think something to take away from that is that every FFA member's journey through the program, whether they, you know, stop at the chapter level, go on to the state level, go on to the national level, every member's journey looks different. None of them look alike. And there's a lot of different ways where people can use their own unique talents to be successful within the organization. So I think, you know, having gone through the program myself, I, I would certainly agree with that piece of advice. I think that's really, really insightful. So. Right. And I think like, the pieces of FFA that make you successful post-FFA, after graduation, after moving into a career, into the workforce, whatever that might look like, trade school, you know, those traits that you're going to gain, those skills that you're going to gain, you're going to gain at the chapter level. So if you don't go on to be a state officer or an area officer, or a national officer or whatever, you know, your goal might be, you're still going to have the skills to be successful. And I think the biggest key to it is the network. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you meet so many people uh, through the programs that you participate in in FFA, and that's really going to be what helps you uh, push forward in the future. Great. Well, so now, so I guess I should probably give you a little bit of background. (laughs) So um, when we have been doing this podcast over the past year, we started doing something called the Missouri Farm Bureau quarantine question. And it was basically just kind of a fun way to get to know our special guests. Um, I remember I asked Sam Graves, Congressman Sam Graves, what was the best thing he could cook? Um, I asked Senator Hawley what his favorite food was. Um, And we also do it among our staff as well. So I, you can answer and I will answer also. And I actually have three because they're all FFA themed for FFA week. So my first question is what is your favorite career development or leadership development event, either that you have participated in or just that you have an interest in? Mm. You know, I'm torn between uh, meats judging and livestock judging. Uh, I loved both of them. I was definitely better at livestock judging, but as far as like just enjoying the contest itself, probably meats. What was yours? So I'm also torn. So when I was in FFA, which was far too many years ago to admit on this podcast, (laughs) um, my favorites were we were second at state in dairy foods and we were fourth in Parley Pro. So um, those are kind of my two favorite ones. I also did farm management and floriculture. Um, I enjoyed those very much, but I think I probably learned the most from Parley Pro and, and dairy foods also. And I always tell people, so my favorite like introduction to contest is when people have seen like Napoleon Dynamite when he like <laughs> smells the milk and he says his cow's been in an onion patch. Somebody asked me if that was real once and I'm like, well, like that exactly doesn't happen but there are some similarities. So, and that's oh, like yeah. a great icebreaker for somebody who has no idea what FFA is about. So yeah, that's pretty accurate due to what that contest actually yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget when I like, you know, came home, I was telling my parents who of course were familiar with the program, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to do dairy foods. And part of it is smelling milk. And they were like, mm-hmm. are you sure? What are they teaching you at school? So <laughs> Yeah, it'll change the way you look at dairy products too. Yeah, it definitely will. I'm still very good at cheese identification. So fun fact about me. Um, (laughs) Okay, so the second question is, what is your favorite kind of traditional or non-traditional FFA week activity? 
Hmm. Thinking back, I always liked businessmen's luncheon. Um, one, it was like a really cool opportunity to get out of school for an afternoon, uh, to be completely open about that. But also like, it was a cool opportunity for your parents to come in and, and community members to come in and like get a taste of what FFA is. Uh, one year looking back, we did a, like a flashback through the ages. And so we went upstairs to the mezzanine in the shop and, and found all of the old plaques and pictures from back when, you know, the school farm started and, and back when the FFA chapter started and bringing that out was a cool opportunity to like, see how far we've come. Uh, you yeah. know, this organization looks completely different than what it used to. And so um, that was probably the highlight of FFA week for me was getting the chance to to serve a meal to the people that helped support you throughout the year and talk with them about what you're doing and how you're changing and what you're going to do for agriculture in the future. Well, I don't have my, my answer was the same. Ours was actually a breakfast, um, okay. but yeah, we did a similar um, kind of community agriculture leaders breakfast at, at our high school at Northeast Vernon County. And so um, that was one of my favorite FFA week activities. Like you said, it was a good way to get out a couple hours of class, but it was a really good networking opportunity mm -hmm. um, and just have an opportunity to thank people in the community for, you know, serving agriculture and, and helping our chapter. Um, I also really liked drive your tractor to school day, but I do have to admit that I normally rode with a friend on their tractor to school because they all had cabs. And so I was like not about to ride on an open station tractor from Shell City to Walker in February. <laughs> yeah. And so. you never know. One day it might be 70 and the next it's 15. So yeah, right. Like we have experienced that here in Missouri just within the past 10 days or so. So right. Um, right. my last question is what overall is your like most memorable FFA experience or activity? Is there like a moment that sticks out to you that you probably will never forget? Yeah. Um, so with the way Missouri State Convention works, uh, they announced, so like we knew we were state officers going into convention my senior year, but mm -hmm. we had no idea what offices we actually had. And so um, I had livestock, uh, the livestock CDE that day. And so my day was pretty much taken the day that they were going to announce it. And so I remember, uh, you know, after the contest, we were sitting in Trowbridge and we were working up reasons. And I was trying really hard to focus on that because like that was my last shot with livestock. But also like I had this thing boiling up inside of me that like I just was about to explode, uh, wanting to know who had what office, what the next year was going to look like. Uh, you know, I knew my teammates, but I didn't know my teammates at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I remember I got up and I gave my last set of reasons to Britain, Francis. Yep. And he asked me afterwards, he just said, he's like, so you're a state officer now. And he was smiling. And I was like, yeah, like, mm -hmm, you're going to have a cool year coming up. Like, and, and then I went in and Mr. Gast was also the assistant superintendent of that contest that year. Mm -hmm. And so he was in there and he was on the phone the whole day, um, which isn't, I mean, for those of us that know him, that's not abnormal by any means. <laughs> and so I didn't think anything of it. But when I came in from that last set of reasons, he was there at the door and he just, he grabbed me and he said, congratulations, Mr. President. And at that time, like my sister was in that arena, um, my teammates were in that arena and I'll never forget that moment because like one, I had just finished a really stressful deal, but like that was the moment that like it clicked that I had the opportunity. And so I didn't understand at first. I kind of looked at him weird and asked him a few questions. And then uh, he just, that's the first time I've ever seen the man cry. So Aww. that's probably my favorite opportunity, uh, especially yeah. now that I go to school there and I spend a decent amount of time in Trowbridge. And so it seems like every time I walk in, I look up at that section and, and that's what I think about. Yeah, no, I would say, you know, I, I was never a state officer, but I think probably my most memorable experience was, you know, that year that we were second in the dairy foods contest. I, I don't like to lose, so I hated <laughs> to be second, but, but I was only a freshman the year that we did that. And, and our dairy foods team was, we were all freshmen. There were no upperclassmen and um, it was my first year in FFA. And I, I'll be completely honest with you. 
you know, I got stuck in exploratory ag when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> and I remember looking at my class schedule and thinking, I'm from Shell City, Missouri. I know about agriculture. I don't know why they're putting me in this exploratory ag class. And I ended up loving it. And then that very next year, you know, we were kind of a program that hadn't had a lot of contest teams in the past. That was really our first year that we dove back into it. And, you know, I, I remember going through, you know, districts and, and then getting to the state level and, and getting out of the contest and thinking like, I, I feel really good about how that went. I, I, and I talked to my teammates and they all felt really good about how it went. And then, you know, you, you find out the results, you've refreshed judging card like 150 <laughs> times throughout yep. the day. Um, and then, you know, I just remember like standing in the back of the Hearn Center and like walking onto the stage. That's probably, you know, I got to go on stage several times after that, you know, I had my state degree and that sort of thing, my American degree ultimately, but um, that, that first moment when I was so young, I think that's probably one that will, that will stick with me for a long time. So, um, appreciate you playing along Paxton and, and really appreciate your time. I guess, do you have any final thoughts or closing remarks as we get ready to sign off? Yeah, I just want to, first off, thanks for having me. Um, I've had a blast in this conversation and it's kind of like <laughs> a blast to the past too. So it's been nice to, to reminisce kind of, but, uh, I want to thank you for your support. Uh, I know Farm Bureau has been really uh, a big supporter of Missouri FFA for a lot of years, and I know I wouldn't be here uh, if it weren't for a lot of the programs and even your support through the process. I know we had a lot of conversations about policy, and and they really helped me throughout the process. So I just want to thank you for everything you've done for me and everything you're doing for uh, the members in the Blue Jacket this week and the rest of the year as well, because it's really uh, you know paying big dividends, and it's a big thing for FFA members to have that much support. So I'm very thankful for that. Absolutely. Well, we're so proud to be a partner uh, with you, Paxton, and we're proud of the work you're doing at National FFA. As you know, you're always welcome in the Missouri Farm Bureau Home Office. Hopefully you don't freeze over in Indianapolis, um, and hopefully we'll have a chance to see each other in person again soon. So um, with that, we will go ahead and wrap up. We thank all of our listeners for joining us, and we'll catch you on our next episode. <laughs>